like to welcome you to another episode of Money Matters Top Tips for Success, where I bring on business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives and have them share their top tips for success with you. My name is Adam Torres. You can follow me on Instagram at AskAdamTorres. Keep up with my book releases, book tour schedule, all that good stuff. And as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, MoneyMattersTopTips.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, so today I have Tim Roach on the line. He's a co-founder and CEO over at Lender. Uh, Tim, welcome to the show. Hey, Adam, how are you doing? Glad to be here. So I'm um, excited to get into what you're doing over at Lender. Um, a lot of people listening uh, are business owners, and I know you, you specialize in helping um, business owners with lending and uh, different financing options, and so I want to get into that because it's definitely relevant. But before we do that, let's just start with a little bit more about your background. Uh, How did you get started as an entrepreneur? Sure, we're going to go back a little little ways. Uh, you know, I started as an entrepreneur. I always kind of liked business and, and trying to be an entrepreneur, but at 10 years old or 11 years old, it's kind of hard to, to really understand what that meant. And I really started with my paper route. Uh, I think I was 11. I probably started with around 70 or 80 clients or customers. And before I knew it, I, I realized that we could uh, double if not triple because the Schwinn, Schwinn bike wouldn't uh, wouldn't accommodate <laughs> two or 300, 300 customers. So I ended up going to about three other paper boys, or, and, and I ended up taking over about five blocks, about 550, almost 600 customers, and some of them never wanted to do the collections, right? They, you know, they want to go collect a, on every Thursday to get paid, and so I figured out ways of saying, hey, we'll pick up the papers at six, the next team shows up at nine, delivers everything, and I always made all the routes to collect. And so that kind of gave me my first little glimpse into being a young entrepreneur, and, you know, I obviously worked at a grocery store. I learned how to start cutting meat, became a butcher, start saving money. And I remember buying my first truck when I was 16 and wow. started a small little landscaping company. And it was a, I'll go back a little bit to my age. It was actually, you probably never even heard this phrase. It was a three in the tree. So the, the, it was a stick shift, but it was actually on the column of the steering wheel. So needless to say, I had to learn how to drive a, a, a stick and I burned out the clutch pretty quickly. <laughs> but, um, but I, you know, I, I started a landscaping company, and from there, I kind of spun that into full maintenance. So we, we learned how to do some of the hardscapes. We would actually even uh, paint a lot of our, our customers' houses. And so we kind of tried to kind of create a full service uh, during that time. And I am selling that landscaping to, a, to uh, another company. I probably had about 90 customers and doing some of the, the painting, sold the truck, and I actually – joined the military, um, but, but that was kind of more really early on for me to be able to start seeing entrepreneurs and other businesses and for myself, you know, how to, how to not really understanding what exactly I was doing, um, but I just kind of had that entrepreneurial bug of always wanting to get something accomplished, getting something going, having a little bit of a business plan in place, um, and that, you know, that, that really started to happen after I left the military. That kind of gave me a, a better sense of, responsibility, a better sense of discipline. Um, you know, so I really, when I, when I left the military, I went into business. My brother and I got into the automotive business, and we did that for a couple years and uh, spun out of that and started another company, and I decided I needed to take a, a pause, and I actually went back to college. So I, I wanted to finish school, uh, played a little football, and then got back into the business community and so it was, you know, it, it was a great little journey there. And then obviously once I started understanding 
business a little bit better um, and having some great mentors to be able to help me um, was, was really helpful. Wow. Um, so I, I think it's, uh, it's you, you definitely, some people say, you know, somebody's not born an entrepreneur. Well, I don't know. You had some great businesses from growing the, the paper route all the way to landscaping, pretty textbook, and buying your first truck uh, from working a, um, a side business. That's awesome. Um, what kind of advice would you give to that um, that new entrepreneur that's maybe just getting out of college or maybe they didn't go to college and they're getting started out there um, in the workforce trying to carve out their way? Um, what kind of advice would you give them? Well, I think the biggest thing is, you know, we all have an idea, right? I mean, everyone had an idea and turning that idea into reality. And when it comes to the, the why or the purpose or your vision, as as I talk to it, and then figuring out, um, from there, what do you have to do? And, you know, I think it's really important to get past the, the, the how or the why. And then it becomes your, your, your vision. It becomes you having some form of core values. And one of the companies that comes to mind for me that I remember reading on was, was 3M. And 3M's whole thing behind their leadership team was they always had a sense of their core values, but sponsoring innovation, you know, protecting an, an, a creative individual, solving problems in a way that you know, makes people's lives better, right? That defined their organization and, and it gave it its soul. So I think, you know, a company like that many, many years ago that had that core value and, and that core focus, it also falls back to some basic things for true startups is, you know, have you actually put a business plan together? Do you have a one, three, five-year plan? I, necessarily, I, I can't really conceptualize going out to 10 years, which a lot of people say, hey, did you start with a 10-year plan? I can't get there. Um, five years is kind of the longest I can get to, and then I back into a three-year, then I back into a one-year plan. And I think that really helps you kind of map it out. And, and having the ability to understand, you know, what, what your business plan is. A lot of us, when we initially start, we're lacking something. So making sure that you have that plan in place. Knowing your market, before you dive in, don't be the seventh nail salon within a six-block radius, right? I mean, knowing your market, financing. Not all of us can go right to the bank and get proper finances. So most of us go the way of crowdfunding or friends and family or equity, right? We give up a little bit of equity to get, to get that initial tranche of, of capital, and then we go the way, hopefully, of a good debt structure. And, and location, 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 as you, you know, everyone talks about it in real estate, it's still extremely important today. Even on the, the web, the visibility and what you get, obviously, on the web is just important to having the best retail location. So those things are really important. Understanding your data, understanding your analytics, your market trends. How does it affect you and your industry? And then I see some things when business do start and they're one or two years in, and then they expand too fast, too, too quick of expansion. They don't actually have, uh, you know, their new products or how it's going to affect them. They don't have everything surrounded around them. They haven't properly prepared their planning, and they didn't put a, the correct perspective on it. And then, you know, I always say that when all else fails, preparation prevails. And that really holds true. So understanding where you're trying to go, um, and I always go back to some basic things of, of having your, you know, that big idea, the vision, your strong personal belief, you know, I call it the why. But then after that, you have to put some other really good things in place, your core values, your business plan that surrounds that all around. What's your core focus? What, what are you guys really, really passionate about? What's your debt or your equity structure going to look like? I mean, these type of things, uh, being able to do those, so you have to have vision, right? And we all we all – even though some of it we always possess it, but you have to have the confidence, you have to be able to execute, and you have to have the discipline to do it. And so, you know, I, Gary, I can't coin that as a V-set, vision, confidence, execution, discipline. Those are all important things. I kind of gave you a lot of 
a lot of different points to talk about. It all comes back, though, to your, your reasoning why, your big idea, your why, why you're doing this, and then backing it up through a proper business plan, through having correct debt or equity structure, putting a one-, three-, or five-year plan in place. And the one thing that I didn't talk about, and even though it's becoming more popular, is the HR process. You know, it's become so important in today's uh, industries and markets is how do we hire? Are we hiring the right, right people for the right seat? How you're evaluating them? Um, you know, what is your hiring process? What is your onboarding process? You know, so, I mean, all of these things, even if it's your first hire, right, your startup, it's your first hire, hiring that right person out of the gate is so important to your success of your business. No, definitely, uh, especially in that, that that first employee is, uh, I mean, it really is key. And going through the HR process, I love that you brought that up. Very few people bring that up um, when, when thinking of startups and how that looks. But the HR process is complicated, especially state by state, um, depending on where you're at, um, what rules are in place to make sure that you're just fundamentally operating the business properly is uh, super important. Um, let's let's change it up a bit. I want to talk more about what you're doing over at Lender CEO. Um, so, what kind of clients are you helping, and what are you helping them with? So, we're a specialty finance company. We basically have an ACH product, a working capital product, or a, a traditional factoring, so payroll, staffing, purchase orders, as well as we have a corporate debit card. So, our business owner, um, you know, on average, what they look like, someone between ten and fifty employees. Uh, doing revenues between 500000 and $5 million a year. Uh, we, we fund in all 48 states. We currently do not fund in Hawaii or Alaska. Uh, but, but our goal is basically to help the small business community with, with greater flexibility, um, no, kind of a hassle-free approach is what we believe in. We, we think that, you know, we call it business funding made simple, you know, the way it should be. And so our goal is to be able to help our business owners educate them, uh, hear their stories, because that's so important to us as a company is we learn so much from our business owners of what they're looking for, um, kind of their pain points. And, you know, our, our one of our coin phrases for us is lender no small business. And, you know, from, from big farming to flower shops to, you know, just great restaurants to, to the mom and pop. I mean, we, we cover every every business in the United States is, is what we try to help and be able to hear and understand their pain points. And a lot of it is you know, ease of, of capital, uh, cost of capital, what the interest rate is, and that's something important for a startup to a business owner that's been around for 20 years is understanding your cost of capital, what's your interest expense, making sure you're projecting that out, not six months, but 18 months out so you have a full understanding of your buying power, your margins, um, you know, all, all of those things are really important to you. So we've really listened to our customers and understood that we give them really great flexible options uh, we hear what they need. When you're, a lot of businesses are seasonal, right? So if you're going to be in your busiest time, that's when you're going to want to pay back the most. And if you're in your slowest time, that's really when you want to want to pay back the least. So it doesn't really make sense for me to come to you and say, Adam, you know what, I'm going to charge you the same amount every month, weekly, daily, whatever it may be, <laughs> excuse me. And you're going to say, well, Tim, that's great, but I'm really busy in the summer months as I'm a really large landscaper in Illinois. But in the winter months, we kind of slow down a little bit. So we understood that, and we started creating flexible payment options for our clients that they could basically kind of pick and choose. We'll actually walk them through it. Um, we're trying to basically really help our clients understand the benefits of what we're doing as well as educating them on, hey, there's some new tax laws on restaurants that you guys should probably be aware of. 
We have our CFO spend a lot of time talking to a lot of our clients. I spend a lot of time talking to a lot of our clients because it's important to us and it's important that we create that relationship with our clients that, hey, we're here to build your business. If you're successful, that, that means that we're going to be successful. So that's really important for us. So I'm sure it changes, obviously, from client to client, just like every business is different. Um, but that being said, what are some of the mistakes that you find um, people make when um, going out and looking for a lender? Great point. I mean, real quick on that is when you say that, you know, we look at the entire story of the business owner, not just the credit score. You know, that, the big thing is banks still still struggle with, out, with thinking outside the box. But when you're talking about some of the mistakes that we make when we go, go with other lenders is, one, understanding what your true APR or your cost of funds, as I re refer to it as, make sure you understand that because that's really, really important. Um, the second thing is what is what is right for you? Uh, you know, so, sometimes some of these lenders will say, hey, you're, you're approved for $100,000 when you, when you came in and said, you know what, I need 30000 for the expansion of my patio. That's all I need. Yet we take the 100000 and all of a sudden our debt to equity or our debt to profitability starts to change a little bit. And that gets a lot of people in a lot of trouble. And all of a sudden, the ease in which somebody can start borrowing money starts to happen a lot faster. And the speed in which we can borrow money today happens a lot faster. So before you know it, we've now taken original 30000 We've somehow magically taken 150000 And we've created a real debt problem for us that we can't maintain that payment. It's not sustainable, one. And your business margins aren't going to grow as fast as what your debt now starts to burden you with. So really being prepared on what you need, understanding what your payment is. Um, and, you know, there's a ton of great lenders out there. There's a ton of great, good brokers out there, but there are also some bad actors. So understanding, once again, what do you need for your business? What are your margins? What can you handle? What can you pay? And really making sure that you're partnering with a lender that also understands those things and understands what you're trying to do. So it's, it's something that, you know, I, I think, Debt and understanding that, um, understanding your interest rate, really what you're paying, and putting yourself into a loan product that is long enough or short enough for what you need is extremely, extremely important. And, you know, one of the things I didn't mention that I've talked about before um, is the ability to fail and recover faster. That, that's in anything. If, you, if you're in a situation where your business starts to slow down and you're not staying on top of it or you're not going back and looking at your budget – what you forecasted to actual and starting to see why your margins have gotten a little tighter. Maybe you, you lost a couple, if you're a bankrupt facility, you lost a couple weddings. What does that do to your bottom line? So staying in front of that and realizing, okay, where can we offset that? Let me talk to my lender. Let me talk to my bank, see if we can make some concessions or, or adjust things, lower our payment for a couple months. So we're not putting ourselves where all of our, our, our capital that we were saving for other expansion or, or what it may be is going out the door for this loan or this debt structure, and now I have nothing, you know, on the second half of the year that I, I, want, I want to do an extra 20 weddings, and I, I don't have the inventory or I don't have the money to actually do that. So it's just being really smart and identifying when you start to fail at certain things, how do you rectify that? How do you recognize it? Analyze, recognize, and react, something that I've always said to, to my team, and that really allows you to recover so much faster. So it's something that I really try to talk to and make sure business owners understand where they're at today and where they're going to be in six months from today. And that little journey that we all have to go on, and I do it every quarter. I look at my budget from what I projected to actual, 
And I really try to make sure that my variance is not greater than 10%. I really like to make sure it's, it's five. And if it gets greater than 10%, uh, you, you really need to go back to the drawing board and say, I think we're missing something here and figure out why the variance is so great. No, that's great advice. Uh, and so if somebody's listening to this, Tim, and if they're thinking, you know, I, I've been considering taking on some debt or looking at refinancing some things, um, what's the best way for them to reach out and learn more about Lender? Absolutely, yeah. They can give us a call at 888-887-2812, or they can visit us at lender.online. That's L-E-N-D-R dot online. All right. Well, hey, Tim, I just want to say thank you uh, again for coming on the show today. Um, really appreciate you educating the audience on uh, on your company, also on your path and, uh, and, you know, tips for success. And to the audience, as always, thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, leave me a review, do all those great things we do to support our podcasters. I really appreciate it. And, uh, Tim, thanks again for coming on.